All right, here we go. The podcast with Pastor Cass. Necessary conversations. What up, though? Watson, what's going on, my good brother? What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm great, man. A little, little, little on the tired side, but uh, I cannot complain. It's a good kind of tired. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Sometimes uh, we've had some of our best conversations uh, with you on the fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> in need of Red Bull, so I'm excited to see how well, this goes. Well, I don't know if that'll be the case today, but I'm definitely <laughs> on the tired side. All right, well, that's cool, that's cool. I won't hold you too long, and I'll try not to, I promise. Well, normally it's me that holds things long, so <laughs> that's, uh, I'll try not to Well, yeah, I guess we're out. both guilty of uh, having another thing to say or once or twice in our lives, as I'm pretty sure our <laughs> wives would account to. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, by the way, it's pretty dope. Swear you got on there, brother. Oh, my Ben Otis merch. Yeah. I'm, I'm rocking my God uh, hoodie. I wore it in Bible study. Yeah, I saw earlier it. Today. It, was, it was looking nice on the HD at home. I was like, look at that. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, folks, welcome back. Uh, we missed you. Wasn't a long absence this time. Got you uh, right back in there. We appreciate all the followers. Pretty much picking right up like we had never left you guys. So we really appreciate. Keep liking, sharing. That's, again, always the way we keep the podcast going as far as. Uh, growing and uh, list, uh, listeners going up. <clears throat> so this conversation I want to have with you, uh, Pastor, is... Uh, I don't know how I feel about that when you started with Pastor. pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well... Are you getting ready to try to stump the Pastor today? Stump the Pastor. You know, we, we might do that another episode. We've kind of tried it, but um, no, this is just... I said that because it's kind of a feedback off of a message you preached some time ago. Um, okay. Some of the thoughts that came to me and I've, I've conversed with other people about and some of the general public was with uh, the nevertheless uh, message you preached. Mm, yeah, that was early on in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we're not going to stay maybe married to nevertheless, but it was, I would say, the genesis to this thought process and this conversation's uh, beginnings. Sure. For those that didn't listen to that message. The context, nevertheless, we're referring to is when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, didn't want to go to Calvary, um, and he made that request known mm -hmm. at least three times to God, hey, if it be possible, let this cup pass, but he would conclude his prayer with, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah. So we, we talked about that transition of nevertheless, and I'm going to avoid preaching it again, but I enjoyed that message personally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like over and over. That was a repeat one for sure. Um, so with that kind of thought process, I, you know, it's like nevertheless, but I want what I want. Mm. Like Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Yeah. And I don't want this to happen to me or I don't want this to happen to my loved one or I want this for my life or my children, my friends, my own personal just desires, whatever it is. But nevertheless, I will be done. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. I mean, it really does. Lord, let thy will be done. Does indeed. But there's a reason nevertheless, even Jesus prayed that. Mm -hmm. I, I did a little bit of research and in the New Testament alone. Not getting to the Old Testament. 33 times, nevertheless, was used in the New Testament. Not always with nevertheless, thy will be done. But uh, I, I said a lot. But nevertheless, I want to get to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I, sometimes it just seems like it's, uh, can I say, all going in circles? Like, you know, because this uh, kind of conversation I want to make out of this is... Uh, 
with can I just be frank? Sure. I, I wanna you know, I don't wanna You be frank, I'll be Jim. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a dad joke. Wow. Yeah, I bad. mean I I didn't know how to I'm counter embarrassed. it. So I really would like to stop the recording and start over. So this is that terrible joke is not on my record, but it's on the air. It's gonna have to stick. <laughs> well, you've got five of them. <laughs> but it feels transactional sometimes mm-hmm. that we have to like Okay, I'm going to do this for you, God, so mm-hmm. you can do for me. Yeah. Nevertheless, thy will be done, but I'm going to do this for you first. And I'm just like, I'm trying to figure this out with this gap in our desires and God's will. Sure. God's will being done, but I need done this too. Mm-hmm. And that transactional, okay, I'll get to your your plan, but I need mine too. Sure. And... You know, like, do you got any initial thoughts on that before I keep spewing on this? Because I've got a lot, but I just want to kind of bounce off of you a little bit before I go too far. Um, You know, I could definitely stop at the word transactional because I get the sense and and, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. If the idea of this seeming transactional, I get the sense that that's a bit of a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Am I am I sensing that right? Like, hey, you know. Are we doing what we do just to get something from God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is kind of where I'm leaning on. Yeah. I, so I have never been one that believes dealing with God in a transactional manner is inherently a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I believe that um, God when you read the creation account in Genesis, our transactional nature was is was initiated by God and his instructions mm-hmm. to Adam as it pertains to the garden. He said, you dress and keep the garden and then you can have anything to eat mm-hmm. in it. It was almost inherent in that transaction as, as you tend to this garden, mm-hmm. you are then fed by it, right? Okay. Like that was, you know, that transaction was instituted right out of the gate. So Mm -hmm. I don't think transactions are inherently bad. It's just, you have to be transacting Mm -hmm. the right thing. And I think that's where we get our transactions confused Hmm. uh, with God is because most people are trying to transact with God. They're just not giving him what he wants. Okay. You know what he wants to trade in. Oh, you know, because okay. um, he does want to trade. He does want to transact. But like he has specific things he wants. Right. Because, you know, uh, you know, it's not like I can give God money. Like here, I'm going to loan you 10 bucks and you give me back 20. You can give him money. You can. Okay. Yeah. 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 You lend to the poor. You lend to God. Okay. Okay. That, that That's straight out of the book. You lend to the poor. Mm-hmm. You lend to God. Okay. That's so you can give God money. Okay, so I'm just put this on record. Anybody who needs a couple bucks, call me and Pastor Dorian. We're in the business of lending to the poor right now. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's create some clarity here. I don't know what that me and Pastor Dorian was about. Yeah, Speak for yourself, brother. <laughs> call Justin tra- Watson. We're calling for some transactions. And I'm sure Tremaine Watson will have something to say regarding, but... <laughs> no but uh seriously as far as like you said the transactions um and how we're transacting with god mm-hmm. um i want to stay on that and, and have a little bit di- di- deeper dive into mm-hmm. that because 
there are scriptures that, again, kind of got me into that transactional thought. Uh, we'll st- start with seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these things will be added on to thee. Sure. So that's part of the transaction I'm talking about with, okay, I'm going to seek after you, God, and all these things will be added on to me. Sure. So what is this seek after to create my fulfillment of the transaction? Yeah, so. Like, how do I know when I've, okay, like when I go to a store and I hand them my card, I fulfill my end of the transaction and items coming back. Yeah, so. um the the one of the reasons why we jump to the seek ye first the kingdom of you know God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you you know and and that's Matthew 6 um we miss the initial transaction God wants first mm-hmm. that then qualifies the rest of the transactions mm-hmm. that qualifies the money mm-hmm. that qualifies you know the seeking mm-hmm. you know as you know, that almost makes those things God wants is he first wants to transact in our with, with our heart. Mm-hmm. Like he takes our old, like the transaction that salvation starts with mm-hmm. is him taking your old heart and giving you a new one. Mm-hmm. But that's the exchange that first must happen okay. to then make all of the rest of the exchanges make sense, right? Like if you go... Um, and I was just looking at this. I don't want to make everybody think I just, uh, you know, have this stuff on the top of my head. But <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff I do. Others, when Justin, when you told me a little bit about this, I was looking at Ezekiel 11. Uh-huh. And um, when and this is the prophecy of what God is saying he's going to do when he gathers his people, the children of Israel, back to him. Yeah. And one of the things he's going to do is he says in Ezekiel 11... 19 and I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and Mm -hmm. I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. So that's the initial transaction, right? Mm -hmm. I'll take the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. Okay. That's the context upon which then God wants to do everything else, right? David's famous prayer, right? Creating me a clean heart sure, and renew a right spirit within me because a, a clean heart, the Bible also says the pure in heart is who will see God. Mm-hmm. So our hearts are then what, what purifies and then qualifies the rest of our behaviors as things God will accept okay. or not. Does that make sense, right? Because so that that was kind of where I wanted to ask a question, make sure I'm understanding, because mm-hmm. in our modern context of this transaction, this initial stony heart turnover, is that by the baptism and the speaking in tongues, like the rebirth? Is that that transact? Is that the transaction, or is there more to it? So to it? that that is an outworking of your salvation is God taking your old heart mm-hmm. and giving you a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, the, the the interesting thing about the transaction of the heart is there is much more of our will, mm-hmm. you know, engaged in that. Because as a matter of fact, in Matthew 6, mm. now this was on the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew is on the top of my head. Ezekiel isn't always, but Matthew is. So in Matthew 6, just a few scriptures, verses earlier than the seek ye first seek the kingdom, ye, yeah. he says, store up your treasure 
in heavenly places uh-huh. where moth and canker worm don't corrupt because where your treasure is, that will your heart be mm-hmm. also. So, so we do own mm-hmm. and retain ownership over our hearts and whether we will exchange and let God have our heart or where we will keep our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. subject to other places and whether we'll keep these stony hearts and, and, and try to please God with a heart that is still not conducive to God writing on our hearts. Because again, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but the, the, even the context in Ezekiel 11, when he talks about, you know, taking out, um, uh, the stony hearts and giving you hearts of flesh, the, the, the key here, and it's either Corinthians or Colossians three, Paul talks about um, the church being, you know, God being able to write on the fleshy tablets of their heart. Yeah, yeah. And what it means is, so when he takes, when you give God your heart, that means you give it to him to write on it, Mm. to write desires on it, to write Ah, what you should want on ah. it, to write, you know, what you like and what you aspire to as opposed to when you have a stony heart, it's set. Right, right. And normally it's defined by something that was already in you or by the world. Mm-hmm, Again, mm-hmm. so I don't want to, you know, but that's the transaction. I got to continually give God my heart and let yeah. him have it. Right. That's the first thing that then qualifies all of the rest of the transactions right. that take place. So maybe we will end up keep coming back to that same point with mm-hmm. some of these questions I'm saying. Sure. That might be like, you know, if you don't get A, you ain't getting a B. But let me just... Take what you just said. Sure. Because uh, it falls right into a question where you talked about how God writes on your heart. Mm-hmm. So God's writing on your heart and you have these desires sure. in you. Sure. So you have this desire. We're going to just say for the sake of the person desiring these things, whatever it may be, and it's not being met. Mm-hmm. Like they're not receiving this desire. It's not being filled. It's they're not at the prayers unanswered, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm hmm. And the desire doesn't go away. Sure. Where's that gap at? Like, like, is it me? Is it God's not doing it for me? That part, like, where is the gap in this desire? Either take it away or give it to me. But I don't want to keep feeling this way. Yeah. So it's hard to say where the gap is. Okay. There, you know, one of the desires that desire could have been. So that's why. It's, Self-reflection and introspection, and we've talked about that mm-hmm. at great length on this podcast, is such a valuable skill. And again, going back to the Gen- Genesis creation story, I, I, it's, I think it's so instructive, um, Genesis 3, and uh, uh, that, that desire that's either going unfulfilled or won't go away, even though unfulfilled, I think it it deserves to be scrutinized. Like, where did I even get that from? Mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, that's, you know, one of the first things that have to happen before we blame God or interrogate God, mm-hmm. we must interrogate the desire first. Okay. And normally, right. Our first thing is to interrogate God, <laughs> you know, is to question God as opposed to interrogate our surroundings, our situation, ourselves, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. where did I even get that from? Who, you know, and again, I, I, I allude to the Genesis 
three account because when Adam and Eve hid from God and mm. he said, yeah. why are you hiding? And they said, because we're naked. We wanted, we desired cover sure, because we were naked. Right. And God's question to them is who told you that? Yeah, exactly. Like that question is so powerful and it, it has so far reaching implications yeah, even to this day. A lot. A lot. I, 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 that's one of my walking sticks. Like yeah. I think it is the impetus for so much that's wrong mm-hmm. with our attempts to follow God. I've used it to smash some people. <laughs> Yo, who I've told you that? It. It's 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 such a and you know, so first yeah. when you're at that crossroad, the yeah. first thing you must do is interrogate the desire. Sure. Where did I get that from? Yeah. Who told me that's the way life was supposed to work? Yeah. Like who told me that that's what was going to make me happy or fulfilled or whole? Uh-huh. Where did that where did that where did that even start? Uh-huh. So can I Sure. Uh, play the counter to that exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, Adam wasn't born like by choice into. Yep, I want to be born into the Garden of Eden and name all the animals. That was what God put him there. So, mm-hmm. like this desire that this person has, and they have these things around them in life. That's just the way they were raised. No, they weren't born. They no, didn't no, no, no. Choose to be raised in an. You know, they didn't choose. But what what Adam. And Eve chose to do mm-hmm. is to listen to the serpent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God didn't put them here aware of their naked or sensing any lack. Mm-hmm. That that's 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 why he has to exchange the 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 fallen and broken and desperately wicked heart that we inherited via Adam and Eve's choice. Mm, okay, because that desire, that sense of lack, okay, is. And and again, I think that's 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 a key distinction here, even in when we're talking about desire and desires can be healthy mm-hmm. and there, it, it's a slight distinction, but it makes a major difference when you see desires as the difference between something I aspire to have and something I feel like I'm missing. Mm. You see the distinction? Say there? that again. Say that again. The difference in a lot of instances between a healthy desire. Mm-hmm. And an unhealthy one is saying a, a, a potentially healthy desire is that's something that I would like to have. Mm-hmm. It can turn unhealthy when that's something I feel like I'm missing. Okay. Like it's a part of me that I don't have right now. I'm not whole because I don't have it. I'm not who I'm supposed to be because I don't have it. Uh-huh. That's different than I'm good, but I wouldn't mind it. You know, it's like when you've had a great meal, like you want dessert, like full but hey i heard you guys got great uh-huh. you know uh-huh. apple pie i'll have like it's it and i think that is what's inherent in adam and eve in the garden mm-hmm. and it speaks to what heaven will be like because i just read somebody talk about that that you won't you will you won't want for anything in heaven mm. that you don't want to want like does like i can want to want something but I won't ever feel like I'm missing something because oh. that's what Adam and Eve, when they were hiding now was like, I'm missing something. Uh-huh. I am not, I don't have everything I'm supposed to have. And then it causes you to behave a certain way. But when you operate out of, when you, when, when we operate out of uh, uh, um, contentment, because mm-hmm. the Bible says contentment with godliness is great gain. Yeah. So when we look at the world out of a sense of wholeness, 
out of a sense of fullness, out of a sense of, of, of completeness. It doesn't say I don't want anything else, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's not, I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different states. I, and, and is that is that clear? Because I yes. think that's the that's yes. the thing that we have to interrogate. I, I I like that too. Except I want to pick at the sure. the uh, feel like I'm missing something. Sure. Where it almost just because that's the first time you said that to me, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just kind of chaining through it. And it's like relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you feel like, or people say, their spouse, significant others is what helps complete them, yeah. make them feel whole. Yeah. And we as men make this joke all the time. That's my rib. Mm-hmm. We call them our rib because yeah. that puts us back together, makes us whole. No, she's your rib comes out of Genesis when yeah, yeah. God took mm-hmm. Eve out of Adam and uh-huh. sold Adam up. Right. She was out of him. He was. He didn't need her to be complete. Well, that's because God healed him. Mm-hmm. But he took her out and yeah. that's what... A lot of times, and like, again, and it's a joke, but a lot of times people really do have their spouses help them feel complete. Yeah. So are you saying that that's an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, I don't. I, in premarital counseling, I would never, um, I, I, I do not believe that is a healthy mm-hmm. foundation upon which to establish a relationship mm. that, because I know it's a sappy, mm-hmm. it sounds really you know, I mean, love deep to say boy. you complete, exactly. You complete me <laughs> or you can see the Austin powers version of it. that He says to many, me, you complete me. Right. That's a, it, it's a very, it sounds mm-hmm. great to say, but generally it's unhealthy. Okay. You want to marry a whole person. Mm. You, you want to marry someone that is whole, that is emotionally whole, mm-hmm. you know, that is physically whole because if, 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 if you complete me, that means, you know, again, they may have an unhealthy engagement with you. When you marry somebody that's whole, mm-hmm. that means they're going to add to you as well, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm if you're completing me, that means you're just filling in a gap for me. I'm not necessarily giving to you. People that have that attachment uh-huh. to their spouse, a lot of times they are just takers and they drain and suck the life from you. And unfortunately, because human beings, we have these funny psyches, sometimes the sense of being needed feels like love. Uh-huh. And it f- makes us feel good. But over time, it becomes extremely draining. You want a whole person that is 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 healthy where they are mm-hmm. and they still desire to have you mm-hmm. in their life. Trust me, that make, that will make for a much healthier mm-hmm. marriage okay. and relationship. Okay. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm financially well. Mm -hmm. I'm spiritually well. Mm -hmm. My body is kept and it's healthy. I'm good. And that's how you know that person really wants you for who you are. And it's a healthy desire for you. It's not because I die if I don't have you. Like a lot of people don't like water, but if I'm starving and dying of thirst and I drink a cup of water, like, no, but if I'm, if, if, if I'm, again, it's not a sense of lack. It's a sense of aspire to that's actually the healthier desire so i'm not big on when somebody comes sits in my office and we're doing premarital counseling and they're like i'm lost without them time mm. out get found and then go get her ah. find yourself that, that, that i know that sound deep but trust me ma'am you don't want somebody that's lost without you 
and I know who's uh, Robin uh, Thicke. Yeah, <laughs> nah, famine. He got a divorce. So. I know. I just saw that. Like, apparently, it's been a while. Yeah, a long time. You late. Like on he that. got like three kids with some other chick. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, you don't want somebody lost without you. You want them found. <laughs> yeah, and very certain of where they are and where mm. they're going, and you are can be a part of that. Okay. Okay. So you know, not to have a relationship conversation again, but I just wanted to specifically sure. speak to that part sure. uh going back to the difference in desires that and wantings mm-hmm. desires versus wants i guess we'll mm-hmm. call it for now um because again these things don't necessarily go away and yep. ultimately starts with the creation of who we are as men in general yeah our fallen nature we inherited it from adam mm-hmm. but again this is all part of god's ultimate plan and his will that we're trying to fulfill sure but he was the start of it we're just the recipient and result of it trying to figure it back out so it's like your will god but you're the one who's plant who, who, who planned this and has the idea and knows i just know how i feel and what i want like yes your will be done but the reason i have this way is because i'm a creation of you mm-hmm. like, it's still with but, the transaction, yep. feels like we're like I, I don't know. Is it a thing too, where sometimes we are supposed to want less, more, or different? Like, no, I don't. So, I don't, we are a product of of how God made us, but we are also a product of again the decision Adam and Eve made. So the desires have been. They're they're fallen. That's that's the reason why that the fulfillment of our desires now come with qualifications. There's scriptures such as delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It starts with the qualification of creating me a clean heart, you know, and me exchanging your stony heart because the one that's you know, given to us by nature, its desires can't necessarily be trusted. I mean, that's the thing that trips a lot of folks up is you got to know what you want can't necessarily be trusted because where did you get it from? Because that that's, that's the real mm-hmm. sticking point is we have desires and we have things in our hearts that, you know, mm-hmm. didn't come from God. Right. And exactly. Like, where did this come from? Absolutely. It came from the world. Yeah. And again, here, you know, because this is where we live, United States, I think it's heightened because mm-hmm. of all the different things that we see, capitalism, social media, you know, people with money, people without money, status, clothing, sports, whatever. It's so much more that creates these ideal society in our eyes. Mm-hmm. That a good job, health, spouse, kids, I, I don't feel like that's asking too much. Like to just want to live a you live know like what, that. You know, I is think that what, is that asking too much? I go to church, I serve God, you know, I pay my taxes. So I is, <laughs> do you think it's interesting? If I could, I'd rewind the tape. Give me that order again. A good job. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I it wasn't I see. Uh, I'm just naming. 
Do you think there's a reason you put them in the order that you did? You started with a good job? Mm. Might have been subconsciously, but it's... Might have been subconscious. By the flow of the conversation. I I don't know. Could be. So I just saw a um, a Pew Research study that asked Americans what they needed to have a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And the number one answer everybody gave was a good job. Mm-hmm. And like four, of course, it was a little different for men and women, mm-hmm. but a, a, a marriage was way down the list. Kids yeah. was further down the list than a job. A yeah. job? Uh-huh. A job being what people need to be happy? So this is, again, uh-huh. I think it was subconscious, but this is what we have to know. The Bible says all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. This is this goes to what well, is two things. Number one, like where we get this definitions of a good life. Yeah, like that's the big thing, right? When we when when I talked about Matthew six and six, and it talks about laying up or storing up your treasures in heaven. That means where we get our definitions from. Who told you that was that was the definition of a good life, a good job, you know, a nice house in a decent neighborhood. And one of the reasons we know those definitions come from the world is because they are so pliable. Your definition of a good job, your own one has changed over the last 10 years. Your definition of a lot of money, I'm sure is very different now. And the age you are now, I ain't going to call the age out now, Please than stop. when you were in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that now. I've looked at my W-2 at the end of the year and thought, wow, if I if myself this many years ago would have saw this number, myself would have said, self, <laughs> we doing mighty fine. Well, Dude, where are we going on vacation? We going to Sizzlers. But I've me now with that W-2 mm-hmm. scratching his head like we got some work to do. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> those definitions... Whether it's from exposure, because tastes are acquired. That's a whole other part of the conversation that we can, I don't want to mm-hmm. jump ahead. But, you know, you've heard of such things as an acquired taste. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah, we yeah. acquire tastes. Mm-hmm. And many of the things that we lust after, we desire, they were acquired tastes. And we didn't necessarily. Who gave us those tastes? We didn't necessarily get them from God. The okay. world, That that's why I read that scripture about yeah. all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh. Let's the eye, the pride of life is because the world has a definition of desires and of mm-hmm. a good life. And God has a definition mm-hmm. of a good life. And a lot of this is about whose definition mm. are you going to choose? Like the, what the world says makes for a good life. And I know so many people that want God, but they want God to give the, him, them the world's definition of good. Yeah. They're like, God, I like you. I want you. But what I want you to do is give me what the world says is good. Uh-huh. And God's like, I, that. I, it's like the rich guy who came to Jesus. Like, man, you cool. You my God. I love yeah. what you're saying. So sell all of that. Yeah, I, I hear you. And he went away sad. <laughs> he walked right and Jesus away. didn't call him back. He went right And that, that that's unfortunate when you talk about people that sit there, that mm-hmm. have these unanswered prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is if you're trying to twist God. God's arm, yeah, into almost. giving you the world's definition. He's not going to do that. But see, that's why I was saying it. Sometimes it feels dirty when you call it transactional. No, like you know, 
as long as you're transacting in the right thing, it's not dirty. Transactions aren't dirty. Mm-hmm. They're only so if somebody is either trafficking in counterfeit funds or is taking advantage of someone's desperation, mm-hmm. you know, or th- and God doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, we we take advantage of God in the transaction. He mm-hmm. exchanges a heart of flesh and we give him back a stony heart. The Bible says he exchanges beauty. He gives us beauty for ashes. Mm-hmm. He gives mm-hmm. us, you know, joy for mourning. Because here's the other part of that. And unfortunately, and I don't know any nice way to put it. Yeah. If you are bent out of shape because you aren't getting a desire met mm-hmm. by God, you got the wrong God and you got the wrong salvation to begin with. Mm. Because to be saved is to submit to suffering. It's to take Mm. a yoke. Mm -hmm. It is to carry and pick up a cross. Mm -hmm. It is to bear not only your burdens, but the burdens of others. It is to suffer with him, to reign with him. And you got a foundational concept of this whole thing wrong. If you bent out of shape because you didn't get the big house Mm -hmm. out of God, when he said, if you're going to walk with me, you're going to suffer with me in order to reign with me. Mm -hmm. They'll hate you because they hated me. Jesus talks about in Matthew, like you're going to weep like a woman in travail giving birth. But when I come (laughs) back, you'll have joy and you'll forget all that the same way the woman does when she has the baby. So again, that's inherent in some people getting preached a false gospel, a prosperity gospel, That does not include the suffering of saints. And if you have signed up for this, you have indeed signed up for suffering. And I can't imagine somebody that signed up to suffer with him being also bent out of shape at the size of their house. But I I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be wrong. So that I got to ask that now. That's uh, because I was I had another point, but I got to just take a quick. Yeah. Signed up for suffering. You did. Which. I agree with. Mm-hmm. You signed up for it. I'm, I'm, I totally to agree death. with that statement. Um, however, when you, I don't know that everybody, and I don't know what kind of proportion we could say, mm-hmm. come to the fold knowing they have signed up for suffering because they are running from something yeah. that's tor- tormenting them, yeah. whatever it is, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. To sign up for suffering. Mm-hmm. But they I don't know that, that they know that they've signed up for suffering. Then they didn't get preached an accurate Jesus or an accurate gospel. It's too germane to the gospel. Too if what? Germane. Okay. Like foundational. It's it, okay. if something's germane. It's a principal um, ingredient. Mm. You know, like it can't be boiled down any further than that. Okay. It 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 it, it it's a it's 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 a basic Base, ingredient yeah. a base ingredient mm-hmm. of 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 the gospel and of the person of Jesus Christ is his suffering yeah it, it it's and and a requirement and this is Jesus calling people to him he says take my yoke upon you mm-hmm. and learn of me for i am meek and lowly mm-hmm. in heart that's Jesus saying but if he you're going to follow my me my yoke is light my yoke is easy and my burden, burden is light. Yeah. It does. It's his because now we'll go all the way back. <laughs> yeah. All the way back to the nevertheless. Yeah. All the way back to the nevertheless. So the whole story, Jesus goes, prays, he's stressing, sweats, as the scripture says, great drops of blood. He says, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He says, nevertheless, though, not that will. My, not my will, but thy will be done. And he goes and checks on the disciples. They're asleep. He comes back, prays it again. 
God, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, let's go any, anywhere else. Anywhere. Just I, I, let me. But nevertheless, now my will be done. Uh huh. That will be done. Goes, checks on the disciples. They still sleep. Fuss at them. Comes back. <laughs> right. Prays it a third time. Three times. God, Three. if it's possible. Yeah. Let this cup of suffering, and he was getting ready to endure suffering to the degree none of us can even imagine. Mm. If it's possible, this cup of suffering, this path that I must take, let somebody else do it or let's do this some other way. He prayed that three times, but he had enough faith to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And the Bible says after he prayed that God sent ministering angels to minister mm. to Jesus. That So inherent in the path of Jesus is the ministering that also comes along with the submission. Mm. So that's the yoke doesn't change the pathway. It changes like how heavy it is for you to carry it. You never have to carry it alone. Mm. Like the, the yoke is easy and the burden is light is many of the things that you talked about that people come to church trying to get free from yeah. is they no longer have to carry that mm. on their own. They don't have to carry the guilt of bad decisions they've made and sins they've committed. They no longer have to carry the weight of trying to live out from underneath the kinds of homes that they were raised in abuse that they had to suffer. Jesus says, give me that. Uh-huh. Give me, I, I, I'll, I, I'll carry the weight of your sin. I'll carry the weight of the transgressions. I carry the weight of the sins of the whole world. Therefore, the weight of what your parents did doesn't even have to be on you. Mm-hmm. You never have to carry anything that you weren't designed to carry. However, mm-hmm. there is a yoke and there is a cross that you are designed mm-hmm. to carry. That that's the difference. It's it's about what you were designed to carry. And there is suffering, oh. there is a cross that you and I were designed to carry. We cannot bear up under the weight of our sin. And that's why his yoke is easy and his burden is light, is because you don't have to carry those weights mm. that you weren't designed to carry. But he has a cross for you to carry. He said, Take up your cross, your cross <laughs> yeah. and follow me. Like that's again, it's 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 germane to the gospel and so many people that many people that get bent out of shape about unanswered prayers mm-hmm. are ones that are trying to ignore this cross, <laughs> yeah. this yoke and this cross idea that Jesus himself yeah. speaks of, of those who would come to him and then those who would follow him. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So that that's, now that's, sometimes you, you answer a question like that mm-hmm. where I feel silly asking the next question I was going to ask because like it supersedes it almost well you know <laughs> I, I try to you know a lot of times we have conversations and i try not to you know go to the you know throw down the the, <laughs> the sledgehammer the big so joker quick, you know right out of the gate yeah you know just pull, you know yeah that's exactly that was the spades now you just ran all my spades out. yeah i don't want to throw out the big joker, joker, joker but I, I i try not to no. do that and i want you to ask the question because i respect mm-hmm. And and I think that's 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 one of the things that's great even about this mm-hmm. these conversations we have is because I respect people's thought processes, right? That yeah. again help people think their way through making that statement of hey, you got a cross and you got a yoke. That doesn't like necessarily change the thoughts that run through my mind. Like, okay, I can acknowledge yeah. that, Pastor Dorian, but can you help me <laughs> still walk through some yeah. of these thoughts? So that's why a lot of times I, I, I try to avoid just right out of the gate saying, well, the Bible says thou shalt not. Uh, well, moving on, son. You know Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
So so I don't want to deter you from. No, it was. And I got some more spades left in my hand if need be too. So <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, so that being said, um, I'm just gonna we'll play uh, scripture, and I'll, I'll give you the scriptures that also kind of supported the line I was on. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as this transactional uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 7, uh, 7. Ask and it will be given unto you. Mm-hmm. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Seven Matthew 7 and 8. For everyone who asks, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we've been knocking. Some, sometimes feels like, you know, we've been knocking. Yeah. And normally people, that's like they grab that one scripture mm-hmm. and pluck it from its cold context. Yeah. And Jesus is giving, I mean, a chapters long <laughs> lesson yeah. and message that includes just... Like, like not even six. a full chapter <laughs> yeah. before midway like way through six <laughs> yeah. about where your treasures are, yep. um, about having sought the kingdom, right. about judging and not judging. Here's a critical part of that lesson mm-hmm. about plucking out and cutting off offensive parts of us. Mm. Like he talks about that just yeah. prior to that. You So if you're knocking mm-hmm. at this point, you will have plucked out an eye that's offending you and chopped off a hand that's right. causing you trouble too so if you've already carved away if you've set your affections and your desires Uh above so now i want heavenly things i want the things god has described and defined for me as good okay we've checked that box the parts of me that are calling for something different i've plucked those out i've cut those off i've sought and i've made the kingdom my priority agenda that my life is designed around Not I don't go to church on Sundays and come on Tuesdays. Seek ye first the kingdom. That means the the, the kingdom of God, growing it, expanding it, increasing it, strengthening it, is the priority of your life. Mm -hmm. It is the first of your life. It's it's the law of first fruits. And that uh, we we touched on a little bit earlier when I talked about the first thing. First is the heart. Yeah. It's the law of first fruits. If you give God, and that's why tithing and giving should come out of the first of, well, again, some people pay at the end of the year and all that, but you should set it aside right out of the gate. Because yeah. the law of first fruit says that if you if you sanctify the first mm-hmm. part of the of the harvest yeah. and you give that to God, it sanctifies the rest. Okay. So yeah, the law yeah, yeah. of first fruits, if I do right by the first part and I give God his part right out of my first part of the harvest, it then sanctifies the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. So the law of first fruit says if I give God my heart, it then sanctifies the rest of, you know, but the transaction. If I seek the kingdom first, if that's my priority, it then sanctifies the rest of the things that I do mm-hmm. because they it's we, we're in the proper order where most of us, we do all of our other stuff and then we fit God into it. And we want right. him to sanctify the other things when his kingdom was like eighth on the list you know what <laughs> sure. i mean and yeah. as opposed to if the kingdom is first now everything else i want and i do that comes after that has been sanctified yeah but i have checked these boxes my affections are in the right place my heart is in the right place i've cut off gouged out eyes and chopped yeah. off hands yeah 
right? I've, 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 I've judged appropriately. There's so many things. You got to just read this. Jesus, do Now, if you come to the door with your heart in the right place, your affections and what you desire in the right place, yeah. and you coming lame because you've chopped off offending parts of you, you've given your life for the kingdom, and that person knocks on the door, are you that person? I, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that door will be opened. I have a feeling that that person will get the desires of their heart. I have a feeling that person will get what they came to the door for. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, you can't just skip over all of the other stuff. And the Bible says if you knock, <laughs> well, it says a lot of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And that's why reading whole chapters and the entire context is important rather than hunting peck, you know, and, and hunting for a scripture that says something that sounds like you mm-hmm. want it and then just pull that out and say, God, you said, and well, I said a whole lot of other stuff too. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, uh, I want to kind of point, which you've kind of been doing already, but I just want to make a clear point for our listeners where if this is one of those things that they have resounding in, a way to help better check those boxes. Like in 2020, moving forward, 21, how does someone set their heart above in heavenly mm-hmm. places? How do they seek ye first? How do they, um, Psalm, you said, uh, delight, Psalm, yourself delight in themselves the in the Lord. How do they know that and measure that to know that that's there and change it from lip service to actual, yep. I, I'm really living. God is first and the rest mm-hmm. will be sanctified. How do I check that box and make it happen? Yeah. So I have a resource, number one, and um, it's a ministry of a he's a prominent reformed pastor by the name of John Piper hmm. is his name. His, he's got a great podcast, hmm. too. It's called Ask a Pastor or Ask the Pastor with John Piper and they're great because they're like these little 15 minute clips mm-hmm. and it'll be a question. So we have a reader, you know, we have John and, you know, St. Cloud that has a question, pastor. If you have a child that's in school and he did, you know, and he what, and it'll be John Piper and he's like devastatingly <laughs> clear and precise when it comes to the scriptures. And he'll give you like a 10 or 15 minute snippet. And just punch you in the face with like five scriptures and an amazing application. Mm. So I, I definitely highly recommend his his podcast. But then also he has a book called um, Desiring God. Okay. And he specifically speaks on the topic of delighting yourself in the Lord. And he calls it Christian hedonism. Mm. You know, where we, we think Sounds of the cool. word hedonistic, right? It's just complete and utter indulgence in in your lusts and in your desires. And he calls it Christian hedonism and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. inherent in it is the, our belief that God's ultimate desire is that his glory be shown in the earth. And we must believe that our true happiness, our true joy is actually conducive to the glory of God. That when God's glory is actually shown, that's where our joy is found. Mm -hmm. Like that is supposed to be our pursuit. And again, many of us are blinded by the world's definitions. So one of the things he always talks about is seeing and savoring Christ. Like the first thing that you can tell if 
you're ready to delight yourself in the Lord yeah. is if you can see and savor Christ, where if you can have a genuine view on who Jesus is, he's a suffering savior. He's a lion and a lamb, right? He's merciful and he's meek, but he is dominant. Like he, mm. And then you actually savor it. It starts tasting good. That's when I'm kind of alluding to the acquired taste, when you start having a taste. Yeah. For the things of God and the word actually. And I, and one of the things I think is when people are saved, normally they move on to other things too quickly. Mm-hmm. They move mm-hmm. on to getting prayers answered. They move on to like trying to pray for other people. They move on to like trying to make their faith do things other than make me love the things that you love mm. and hate the things that you hate and see the things that you see. Um, something Jesus says so powerful. It was in my uh, uh, devotional reading, also in Matthew. And he says, at the end, God will take the goats and put them on his left and his sheep on the right. And he'll say to his sheep, be blessed and inherit the kingdom because when I was when I was hungry, you fed me. Mm-hmm. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me, essentially. And those of us, and I count myself as one of the sheep that he's going to say this to. The response is, God, when did, that, when did we ever see you hungry? When did we ever see you in prison? We never saw you, right. Lord, in that state. But essentially, the big takeaway from that is people, you saw things the way God saw them. You yeah. saw people the way he sees them. Mm-hmm. You see the world the way he sees the world. So you see me in the person that's hungry. You see me in the person that's downtrodden. So you you feed them, you clothe them. So you have a heart for the things that God has a heart for. Like yeah. that's when you know you're getting into that place of delighting yourself in the Lord. And when you see the world the way he sees it, now you're in a position for him to give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. But too soon we move on from his word genuinely said taste and see that the lord is good like it being honey you know mm-hmm. it, it, the word being and the definitions of who christ is I, I again that's why i think we move on too quick to other things and we don't desire as as the hebrew writer says desire the sincere milk of the word mm-hmm. we want like all right i'm saved i want to <laughs> like start doing stuff with this holy ghost i mean <laughs> lay my hands and heal somebody when it's like do you read your Bible and genuinely are in awe of the person of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Does it, does his word taste good to you like that to me? And again, I, this is a bit abstract, but to me, that's yeah. always the initial indicator. Like, does the person of Jesus Christ genuinely give you joy or do, does he have to do something other than be who he's already been to mm. give you joy? Mm. Like the person of Jesus Christ, he's already came and taken away the sins of the whole world. Like that's already done. And if that doesn't already get you in this place of entering his courts with praise and with thanksgiving, if that doesn't already already create a sense of awe and wonder and delight and excitement and happiness, then chances are you still got some work. To do if you can know that personally uh, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth 
called you by name and he wrote your name mm. in the Lamb's book of life that nobody can erase it. If you know he did that for you and you're still walking around disappointed about things, mm. that your name is settled in heaven for eternity, that he went to prepare a mansion for you and he wouldn't have told you so if he already did that. A house eternal in the heavens, not made with hands. If that isn't enough, two things. You've hold on, held on to that stony heart and you better believe whatever else he gave you in this life, it might be enough for a day, but it won't be enough for long if your sins being removed, scrubbed clean, a debt you could never pay in a million years being paid. If that isn't enough for you and I to have some joy and some satisfaction joy. and peace, I, trust me, whatever you asking God to give you, the house, the job, the wife, the car, the kids, the neighborhood, the title, it's not going to keep you satisfied for long that's why you start with delighting yourself in him because he said all that's in the earth is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye and the pride of life and everything of the world fades away it's all gonna pass away and when you get it in the proper context then you wear this world the right way you wear it as a loose garment you enjoy mm -hmm. it you you don't but but it, it doesn't complete you I'm, I'm i'm full been instructed i'm not gonna preach you'd be like paul i've been instructed how to be full and hungry Suffer need and have a lot. I can do all things too. I've, I've been instructed how to be full and full, of, full and still want God. Because you know that's a that's a gift <laughs> to yeah. be rich and still want God. Yeah. To have enough and still want God. Yeah. To have your bills paid and still fast and still seek God and still wake up and pray and read your scriptures and and suffer along with the saints. That's a gift, and you get instructed to do that. Hmm. But then it's also something to be hungry and still praise God, still worship God, still magnify him, still have joy, still tell the world that God is good and worth serving. Because some of us, when we don't have enough, it's yeah. all we can do to just hang on by a thread, let alone tell somebody else how good God is. Yeah. So I've been instructed how to do both. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I, I, I encourage people that that ought to be the first thing we use our faith for is for, for allow me to see and savor the things that be of God. I, I could go on. That's when, when Jesus was telling Peter, I got to go to Calvary. And Peter says, far be it from you, Lord. Stop saying that. And mm -hmm. Jesus said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. For thou savorest not the things that be of God. Meaning you want to keep me from doing what I really came to do because what you have a taste for, what you appreciate, what you're looking for, is not the things of God. Peter wanted him to stay so he could establish an earthly kingdom. Mm. So how are you going to say you're going to leave and die when you got a kingdom that I need you to establish here so we can get out from this Roman rule so right, we can judge right. the earth? And he said, no, I got to go because I have a kingdom that's not of this earth. And if you keep me from going and establishing my kingdom that's not of this earth so you can have a few couple decades down here, <laughs> Yeah. You know, kicking the Romans in the teeth. You don't savor the things that be of God. And that has to be. And that's one of the takeaways I want people to have in this is that that has to be our first and foremost desire is that we savor the things that be of God and that those things minister to us. Those things encourage us. Those things give us joy unspeakable. Those things that give us peace because it will ensure you never put like, cause then God can trust you with mm -hmm. houses and cars and 
a lot of money because he'll then know you won't ever trust it. You won't ever put your faith in it. It won't be what moves you and gives you joy. It'll always be him. Because if I came to this full, I could always leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I made the analogy earlier about dessert. Yeah. If you're full, when it's time to eat dessert, you can always get up and leave it. I took a couple bites. It tastes good, but I don't need to finish it. Right. If you do, you're being greedy. That's a different problem. <laughs> right? So people yeah. that are full, then he can give you the rest of it. And hey, have a house, have a car, have a marriage, have vacations all over the world. Cause I know it won't have you and you will not it it won't pervert to lust. Mm. Cause that's a whole other conversation, the difference yeah. between desire and lust. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it stems from what we talked about earlier, this sense of lack as opposed to a desire for. Yeah. I'm missing something as opposed to I wouldn't I would like to have that. That looks good. That's that's good. I'd like to have that. That's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not complete. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. My life isn't what it's supposed to be because I don't have that. Very different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That was a nice response there. Um, (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Right in the zone. I'm always trying to land you at. (laughs) So, um, before I let you go, spiritual takeaway, you know, you want to lay us before one of those or is that kind of. I just kind of did, I, I, man. You got to delight yourself in the Lord. I promise you that I, I don't, I don't know of a better gift that God has given me than the ability to do that. And I, it's unfortunate that I don't think enough people have that to be able to delight yourself in the Lord, man, like because it's unlimited, you can access it at any time. It supersedes any and every, it's not subject to what's going on in the rest of your life i i think Mm. that should be something like people don't like preachers and pastors we don't we don't even highlight that enough i'm guilty of that myself Mm -hmm. the ability to genuinely like you read about when you read the scriptures and the things that god has said and he's done and who he is like that ought to be awe-inspiring and it's an article of faith to believe the glory of god is conducive and agrees with ultimate joy in humanity. That's an article of faith. Yeah. And it has to be our pursuit. That's that's what I want you to use your faith for, to believe that the things of God are genuinely where you find your joy. And when yeah. you have your joy in the things of God, that's when you get these things added to you with reckless abandon. Mm. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I hope that's going to help some folks out this week. And uh, if it doesn't, if I missed a question, I've let Pastor Dorian off the hook too easy. <laughs> let me know. Yeah, everybody, you're whole. That that that's the, you're whole. Don't let the world tell you if you don't have something you're lacking. That's one quick way to sure be certain God's not going to necessarily jump in on that one. You got to believe that you're whole. You're filled with the precious gift of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. You've been scrubbed clean. By the blood of the lamb, you are a whole person and individual and anything else is just like it's it's adding. He'll add those things. It's it's addition. It's not completion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could keep going. So I got to stop. Let me just stop there. We're <laughs> almost like at an hour. Feeling, so let me stop. He's feeling good. I told you I'll keep driving him on for you guys. If somebody wants in on a live up, oh, did I just get a text for another question? I'm Cut just it kidding. Out. I'm just kidding. No. Um. But uh, that being said, uh, we'll have a little fun now. 
uh, spent a few minutes on uh, me and Pastor Dorian's one of our favorite activities, uh, NBA basketball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we had a little fun last week talking about uh, acquired tastes of certain players and talents and lack thereof. But there's one thing I think <laughs> some addition that was done today. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if I said that correct. Yes. Just got a contract extension uh, at $228 million mm-hmm. over five years. Yes. Supermax. What were your thoughts when you first read that one? I um, I was surprised a little bit that mm-hmm. he signed already. I thought he was going to use that as leverage to either make Milwaukee do even more or get mm-hmm. out of Milwaukee. I guess the latest trends, I did never expect him to stay in Milwaukee. Never. I thought maybe he'd go to Miami mm-hmm. or L.A. with the contract Anthony Davis signed. I think it would create some possibility for them to bring in another high-priced player. So I didn't – I was a bit surprised that he kind of let Milwaukee off the hook with signing at this point. I'm just like – so you don't want any help? Like, they got you Drew Holiday. That was the best they could do? Even though, listen, I think Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated players in the National Basketball Association. I think Drew Holiday is a D-O-G. I think that's an underrated move, but it's not Anthony Davis. It's not James Harden. I I will admit that, but I think Drew Holiday is Especially, one of the most underrated players in the league. Granted, I do think he's underrated, and I think he's I think he's solid. No, Drew Holiday is better than solid. He was just in New Orleans, so it's... Well, I watched him with AD. I, I, I was a big fan of that team when they put him and Boogie together with mm-hmm. Rondo. I, I was feeling that combo. And I'm not knocking Drew. He's not... But elite level, he's not. Remember, they're 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 upgrading from Eric Bledsoe, so Eric Bledsoe is serviceable, and was trash in the playoffs. Was the real problem? Was trash in the playoffs, and then you get Drew Holiday. So it's like, how, like, is that really gonna be? Oh, yep, championship time. Do you really feel like if Giannis doesn't go to the next level by adding Drew Holiday, they are, they have done anything to? Well, really- personally, I think the problem is is. Is twofold. I don't, and I think it's less about supporting cast than Giannis having obvious holes in his game. Oh, so I, I, I I'm, yeah. Whether it's having a solid post game, I'm not a big fan of. He needs a three point shot, but completely hate the idea of that he doesn't have a solid post game where you can yeah. throw him or a spot on the court, throwing the ball at his spot on the court, and he can get a bucket. Yes. I, agree. I think that's as big an issue as anything. I agree. Milwaukee is doing a or not doing huge hole that he needs to figure out on his own. But one thing that uh, Jalen Rose says a lot when he's talking about building teams, you get players to mask those holes and fix, you know, and do something. So you can't. That's not the case. But with, you get so you get a guy that can go get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. You need Carmelo Anthony, you know. Like somebody, okay, you know what? Giannis is in one of those moments where they corralled him and he's not doing well. Let's give it to Melo. See, and I, I use Melo because he's a no. I'm not talking about Melo. Yeah. I'm saying if you're gonna pay this man the biggest contract in the history of the NBA, the playoffs 
is all he's they're gonna have a great regular season. The playoffs is where the truth comes out on that, mm-hmm. and you can't suck up that much of the money. But then when the game becomes a half court game, you become just another role player standing around watching Melo or whoever your scorer is go get buckets. Like that's gonna be trash. That's not. You're always gonna underachieve in that sense. It's it's not gonna work because there's nobody else in the league. There's nobody else in the league. I think. Besides LeBron, mm-hmm. that if you put him on the court, he'd figure out a way to even in the half court make Giannis a <laughs> a star of some sort. And I thought they should have done whatever. They should have thrown the baby out, done anything to get Chris Paul up there. That was my thought. If they'd get Chris Paul up there. But I think he would have probably burned Giannis at the stake for his lack of offensive skill. Because... Chris Paul is is as amazing a facilitator as the game has seen, but it requires Absolutely. you to have a certain skill set as well. You got to pick and roll, mm-hmm. you know, oh. and pick and pop. You, you, you know, gotta you got to have, gotta some, have layers. some layers to your but game. He but got DeAndre Jordan paid. He did. <laughs> if he you did. can roll, roll with DeAndre Jordan and our guy Blake Griffin. You could take Giannis to another level. And I ain't mad at Blake Griffin. I don't want anybody to. Me either. Since it's just the Pistons, our guy. The Pistons are just trash. Or uh, what did he call us? Uh, what did LeVar Ball call us after he cut his son? Um, raggedy? Yeah, something about the whole organization being raggedy or something. And all I can say is he ain't lying. <laughs> We should have let that boy play out to pre. He, I don't. Just I let him get, let on the boy get on the court. Just and somebody told me there's a billboard over off the line yeah. with his with his it face is. on it, and because they knew that boy would sell tickets, but they couldn't even let him get in the game. Right, because so, uh, his, you know, his agent's from Detroit, uh, Jermaine. Um, no, nah, Jermaine Jackson was working with. Uh, yeah, Jermaine Jackson was guy. working with Mello. Well, I guess Giangelo was here too. Okay, yep, Jello, that was whatever they call yeah. it. So, okay. Let me ask you a couple then. Uh, what's the tandem or trio or new remodeled team that you're most excited to see? Well, so I, I guess it would have to be two. Okay. Because it even can be something like the New Warriors since they've had to totally reface. Just no, so I'm interested. Uh-huh. I'm interested. But I not not as much now that Clay's not going to be there. If Clay was back, you know, because I was never a Warriors fan. But I mm-hmm. love to hate them, right? Because they yeah. were, they were. You can't knock that they were dangerous. Ex- exactly. So Clay not being there takes a little bit of the, yeah, you know, excitement off of seeing that. Because I think it's going to genuinely impact Steph. But um, Brooklyn mm-hmm. with KD and, and Kyrie. I saw their <laughs> first preseason game. Yeah. Out of the gate, the boys looked like they didn't miss a beat. Mm, okay. They look they they ready to run. I'm not fans of either one of those guys off the court uh, at all. But Kyrie is my favorite player to watch. Like if okay. I have to buy tickets, yeah, to watch a player play basketball, Kyrie Irving is it hands down without That's a question. Pure coincidence. My my sentiment exactly. My favorite player once he heats up and starts going. Not a player in the league I'd rather watch. Yeah, it's, 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 it's art what he does, but what he does off the it's art what he does on the court, what he does off the court, and even in his leadership capacities. And that's what I'm hoping that KD creates a little bit of a similar, as much as he didn't like it, 
I love the dynamic that LeBron created for Kyrie uh-huh. because he didn't have to be responsible for anything other than going and getting his, and then we could just enjoy yeah. that irresponsible player. But when, you, when you're you supposed to be the leader of the team, yeah. you can't be that irresponsible. So now watching it felt a little bit different when it's like, bro, you're killing the whole rest of your squad right now as much as that – you know, that 20 seconds of dribbling and, you know, crazy layup was beautiful. Yeah. It's not really helping the rest of your team. So I'm hoping okay. that KD can create a little bit of that carefree, less responsibility, Kyrie. But also, low-key, the team, I'm excited to see whether James mm-hmm. Harden comes back or not. Okay. Is the Houston Rockets with okay. John Wall and Boogie coming off injuries. Both of them look good in their first preseason game. Okay. I'm genuinely rooting for them, especially if James Harden doesn't come back and play <laughs> for them. I will genuinely be rooting uh, yes. for them. Wild but cats. even as as much as we talked about James Harden very in great depth, even if James Harden does come back, I'd be rooting um, for Houston in a way I never have before because – John Wall and Boogie coming off injuries. Like, I want them to be good. Yeah. I want them to do well. So, I'll be watching. I'm a big Boogie fan. I'll be watching them. It's my guy. I'm not like that, but I just hate seeing people oh, catch they, L's they like that, man, where you write on the verge of a big contract and that doesn't work out and then injury after injury. injury. Absolutely. Because I even in the context of the conversation we've been having, how life works because it's so much about what's relative and what you've been exposed to and the tastes that you've acquired mm-hmm. that he can like he can be he can have a miserable life even though he is rich yeah relative to most of us but compared to what he could have, have been, been you can feel like a failure like even like a Dak Prescott with that injury if and I think it's a high likelihood that he'll still end up catching a big contract But for whatever reason, if he gets that injury right as he was battling for a new contract and it doesn't happen, you could spend the rest of your life rich, but feeling like an underachiever. And I I don't wish that. Honestly, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't have a particular affinity for for Boogie Cousins, but like that scenario made me root for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, that being said, with the season starting here really soon and – uh, all of us NBA fans, NBA head guys, the Christmas games are always like you feel like that's what really gets the season going. This year, it's legit what gets the season going. Any major predictions or title? Like, do you got anything that you want to put on the record as to, yep, I think that XYZ is going to happen? Rookie of the year, standout player of the year, six man of the year. Honestly, I don't. So much is in. The, honestly, I don't. So much is in the air. I think LeBron and the Lakers are the best squad. I think they win. Yeah. I think they made some great additions. Um, I think uh, their point guard addition, even though they're going to hurt having I'm lost Rondo in the playoffs, but um, the guard, God, why is his Schroeder. name Schroeder, Schroeder coming over from the Thunder? Yeah. He's. Learning under CP3 and chilling He's a little bit. He's solid, and he can score. He can defend. I think that's a major upgrade. From what I hear, they hit a lick on their second round yeah, guy. Yeah, this kid, they said, like, Hawaii was Iowa like, State. Who, what? Like, everybody's looking like, who is this guy? Yeah, so, you know, I think Mark goes, I think the question is how much Mark Gasol has, has left in the tank. Uh-huh. So, I think LeBron and those guys um, are the best team. Yeah. But coming off of that bubble 
you know, yeah. short yeah. off season, and then playing. I'm I'm interested to see is 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 will be a war of attrition who, yeah, manages injuries the best because outside of the Lakers, I think Dallas is going to be good for continuity's sake and because, um, mm-hmm. uh, Luca Luca's taking a step. See, the question is, is I think though, is uh, Kristop gonna be healthy? Of course, let's say it's a war of attrition if yeah. Kristaps can stay healthy. But yeah. even without it, man, I think Luca's a force of nature to be reckoned with. He just is. Hate to admit it. Yeah, he just. <laughs> I I I remember I was in Phoenix for work. Okay. And Dallas was in town playing Phoenix, and it was Luca's rookie year. Uh-huh. He was making a little noise, and I went. I was done with my business, and I wasn't flying out to the next morning, so I just went and bought a ticket to the okay. game and went. And watch him, and I'll yeah, never forget. U.S. Airways Arena. You say what? U.S. Airways Arena. And I hate arena. it's a depressing arena. It was my <laughs> second time being there because it's purple. The seats are dark. It's just it's dreary that, in there. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you it's mean. It's dreary in there. Even though I'm not a big fan of Phoenix in general, the area. I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Number one, the first business meeting I went to there was 118 degrees when I got off the plane, which was dis- disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. This, it's heavenly. 118 degrees, Justin? 118 is a little hot. But. That's not a little hot. That was sick. I'll never forget. I left my belt at home. <laughs> and I had my meetings the next day. And I was staying in a hotel. And there was a mall right across the parking lot. Yeah. So I said, I'm just going to walk across the parking lot to this mall to go buy a belt. Didn't 118. Well. I almost died trying to get across this, this parking lot. Now, listen. Now, I almost melted into the pavement trying to get across this parking lot. But the only thing that kept me going was I just got to get inside the mall. Like, if I get inside the mall, I'll be inside the AC. Yeah. Get to the mall, turn the corner to outside mall. There is no yeah, inside. Yeah, the outdoor mall. Yes, it's yeah, an outdoor that. mall. There is no inside AC for me to go All you can get is some little spritz, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I literally almost died trying to walk get a belt on my first business trip to phoenix so i think that might play in too but i think overall i'm just interested in how the whole thing is going to play out because i really haven't watched much sports outside of the nba yeah during the whole pandemic the nba is the only thing that i watch consistently i haven't really watched any football yeah definitely haven't watched any college football so i'm excited for the nba to come back yeah well you know and then the other thing with this being out of the bubble how is that going to handle the impact nba like yeah Lose a team for two weeks. Yeah, I hope they don't have those outbreaks and whatnot. So we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a little bit long on the night for a little bit of fun. But as always, though, appreciate it. I'll see you again next time. All right, Watson. I appreciate you, my brother. appreciate the conversation today. I think it was helpful for some folks. I enjoyed it a lot. And I can't wait for some feedback. Folks, send us some feedback. If it's got to be private or it's going to be on social media, you're not going to hurt our feelings. <laughs> but let us know how we did, what you think, and we'll remiss that. Indeed. Appreciate you, Justin. All right. All right, you. now. Yep.